Fashion Insider with your host, Nako. Welcome to episode 14 of the Fashion Insider with me, Knuckle. And today, we've got a very special guest. When I say special, I'm talking royalty. Real royalty. Today's guest descends from the British royal family, the Danish royal family, and the Greek royal family. Pretty cool, right? Not just that. She also is an author activist, producer, has her own TV show, which you may have seen, Call Seduced. Yes, we have India Oxenberg on the show. Um, you're about to hear some exclusive things, things that India's never probably spoken about uh, ever in public. So you're, you're about to get a real insight from someone on the inside. How cool. Um, so tune in for that, guys. Stay tuned for that. And um, by the way, I should mention, you know, if we're going to have royalty on the show, I can't just give you guys one episode, can I? I've got to give you two. So, episode 15 will also have India Oxenberg on. Yeah, thank me later. Thank me later. Just before I begin, I just wanted to send a message out there to our listeners and just to say that I hope you're all keeping well and keeping safe throughout the pandemic. Um, it's been a very tough time for many people for many reasons whether it's work related uh, whether it's to do with their families whether it's to do with being away from loved ones whether it's to do with the, actually even losing loved ones um, so my thoughts are with you all it's been a very tough time and if you're in Europe the UK or the USA things seem to be improving and we're slowly slowly beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel um, so fingers crossed we stay on track and we can out be out of this in no time fingers crossed um of course if you're listening from new zealand and australia well you know you guys have been quite lucky especially new zealand the fantastic government absolutely fantastic government um go jacinda go jacinda what a what a woman um uh, just a quick message for anyone from asia and in particular india um, my thoughts are with you guys. I've seen the, the dramatic images and videos and reading about everything that's happening there. It's, it's not it's not great. I think the people there, I don't want to get political, but uh, I think they have been let down badly by their government. And um, I really hope that there is light there too, like there has been in Europe um, and the cases drop because some of the scenes from India have been horrifying and uh, very disturbing. So my thoughts and prayers are really with you all um, in India that are suffering. And, you know, I hope that India can have a similar journey to the one that um, the UK has had and that Europe has had. Because, you know, we've had spikes here. We've had moments where there's a lot of issues and we've managed to to bring that spike down. And um, as I said, I think things are looking good. I feel very hesitant to say that because every time things begin to look better, we get a new wave and that's my biggest biggest fear and i think it's the biggest fear that we all have right i think we all have this fear of you know we have these dates where it's like okay the lockdown's going to be lifted and life may return to normal and then a new wave so yeah let's hope the only waves we experience this summer are at the beach um and uh with that said 
let's begin. Let's tune in to the conversation that I had with India Oxenberg. Today I'm joined by India Oxenberg. India is our first ever guest who descends from royalty. India is related to the British royal family, the Danish royal family, the Greek royal family, just for good measure, and is the <laughs> granddaughter of Princess Elizabeth of Yugoslavia. Aside from the extraordinary lineage, India is an actress, writer and producer, and she has her own hit TV show called Seduced, which released last year and is a must-watch. It's incredible. Hello, India. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You, What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. I've never heard it so gracefully said. It was <laughs> lovely. I was like, oh, I was enchanted. But then, but one correction, I, I'm not an actress. That is my only edit, but I am a producer and a writer. But I, uh, I, I acted a little bit when I was super young, and that was because my mom and my stepdad did that. And I just thought, well, maybe I'll have a go at this and see how I feel. And I realized I much prefer to be behind the camera. <laughs> ah, that's, that's an interesting discovery. So yeah. would you say you enjoyed the acting aspect or not so much? You know, I enjoyed being on the set. I think that was the thing that I liked the most rather than acting specifically because I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to memorizing lines. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm much better suited to just be myself. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so you did you did a fair few things. Is is it something that you thought you wanted to do as a child, or was it I something did, that just came about because of your family? Well, a little bit of both, actually, because I I thought I wanted to do it because I enjoyed performing and I was always kind of like a ham in my household and my mom would tell me that I was always putting on little shows in the living room <laughs> you know like when you're when you're like five and six and you make everybody watch your little performance at dinner time so apparently I was really big into that but I I think I more wanted to do it because it was familiar rather than something that I was passionate about yeah Fair enough. Um, so you grew up in California, right? Yes. How was that? You know, it was, it's so funny because I, I don't know if you've experienced this yourself as you've gotten old. I feel like whenever you grow up somewhere kind of idyllic, you're always thinking, oh my God, I have to get away from here and experience real life. And I felt that way because I grew up, I went to high school in Malibu, in Malibu, which is sort of like a fake picturesque place although it is real and it's a beautiful you know coastal town and I just remember thinking oh my god I have to get to the east coast I have to get out of here and now coming back I even take sometimes day trips with my fiance we'll drive out to Malibu and I'm like god it's so beautiful here like so safe so what a lovely place to grow up and go to school and so it my feelings about where I grew up have changed so much as I've gotten older yeah, so you've appreciated it more as you've gotten older. Much, much more. I had no, you know, you're, it's so funny because when you're young, you think you're like trapped somewhere and that's always the thing that you have to learn when you go away and you have to live in real <laughs> the real world <laughs> and not your parents' like plush house that that you don't understand how, how it even gets paid for. That's just, I mean, life just teaches you that. Yeah, Malibu's gorgeous, by the way. I love it. I definitely want to live there one day. Love it, right? I mean, what a fabulous place to aspire to live. But when you're just like 
plonk down there as a kid. You have no idea what it takes. Yeah, I think you always want what you don't have as well because I grew up in the north of England and I, for me, LA was always the dream. And then when I finally got there, I liked it, but it was a bit, it, you know, you, your dreams can sometimes be a bit underwhelming. But then honestly, places like Malibu, which is not, I don't consider LA, LA and Malibu, even though they are no. in the same vicinity, they're just different. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And I that's how I feel because I didn't even... Even though I tell people when they ask, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I say Los Angeles, California. I don't really identify with LA. Like I grew up <laughs> yeah. in Malibu and in Topanga and all of these little tiny communities that are just not Los Angeles. And they're like sub, you know, suburbs. I'm doing air quotes of, of LA <laughs> that kind of give you a really different feel for the city. And it, I think that's the part that's always kind of drawn me back to Los Angeles is knowing that those parts exist because it was never like Hollywood. And I and I lived there for a short amount of time when I was 21. And I was thinking like, what am I doing here? I'm just paying an overpriced rent and I'm constantly driving to the beach because that's where I want to be. Yeah. But you just kind of have to learn that about yourself. You do. It comes with, with time, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. So you went to Malibu High School, like you said. I mean, Malibu mm-hmm. High School is like, like you mentioned, idyllic. It's got this sort of uh, stature, this status. And lots of people have gone there, especially from the fashion industry. I mean, Kaya went there, Kaya yeah. Gerber, Gigi, Bella. Um, yeah, all of all them. And there. they were all younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember so, seeing them as pipsqueaks. Can I tell you a funny story about Kaya, actually? I, I met Kaya when she was a preschooler. Because she went to the same preschool as my little sister, Maya. So I remember her is like a teeny tiny little girl. And actually, yeah. Gigi, Gigi and Bella. I, I remember seeing more Gigi, not so much Bella, because I played volleyball at Malibu High. And um, so did Gigi, but a couple years uh, after I did. Right. Same coach, though. He was great. Coach Gray. Yeah. Who's better? Bella. No, I said wait, who wait, was who, better. I meant who was oh, better. Gigi's you never way out? better. Oh, <laughs> are you, no, 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 no. She was way better than me. She's. I'm. I'm a pipsqueak compared to her. She's a superior volleyball player. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think. I, did I see you playing volleyball on the show? I can't remember, but I do no. remember volleyball in the show. <laughs> volleyball is definitely included. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> included in the series. And no, I didn't play. And that's a funny thing because I don't really talk about that that much. But I was always pressured into playing because I played in high school. But I I never wanted to play with them. They had all these weird rules, and I, I always felt very self conscious. Okay, so we're gonna I, come I, on I to this. We're gonna come yeah. on to this. This is we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the beautiful innocent childhood and all the good vibes, and then yeah. then the twist <laughs> will come. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> listeners, strap in. Um, but so going to Malibu High School, obviously it's got this reputation. How was that? How did you feel there? Did you feel like you belonged there? What was? No. How was? You, how did you feel? <laughs> I didn't. No. I no. I'm, and I think partly that had to do with me being dyslexic. I have a learning disability and I always felt a, a lot of insecurity in traditional school settings because I thought I was slower or didn't understand things in the same way that people did. So I was shy, but I had friends and, and looking back, I was never without friends, but I didn't, I wasn't a person that had a huge group of friends maybe like one or two close girlfriends and then I had a boyfriend for several years who was a musician in high school and and he was really one of my best friends as well and so I was social but I was too shy to like party in in high school I did maybe 
a handful of parties in high school around Malibu, but then like the girls that would get fake IDs and go out in LA, I was too too chicken for that when I was like 15. I did all my, I guess, bad behavior later on in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you weren't, well, you don't sound like a typical Cali girl then. I mean, there's like a reputation no. that they've got, especially even Malibu girls, you know, they've, they've got like a... What's the rep? Tell me. <laughs> Rich, spoiled, posh parties. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I that I'm not cool enough for that to be honest. Like I'm, I'm a little more uh, of a homebody. Yeah, what would you describe yeah. your personality as? Like, were you a more of an introvert, extrovert, ambivert? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit of both because I do love people, and that's actually one of the things that uh, I love about my fiance as well as he like he can talk to anybody and that he's just very social in that way and he enjoys it and so do I because I'm curious about people and yeah. so for me I'm more of an introvert because I need that alone time <laughs> desperately to like recharge so often I'll just put myself in a bathtub and just be like ah oh, quiet time because <laughs> I need it and I and I've learned to know that about myself but um but I, I, I do like people. So I, I'd say I go back and forth depending on my energy level. Yeah, I totally feel you. I'm, I'm the same as well. Like if I don't have that yeah. sort of down, alone time to myself, I get to, I begin to feel a little bit anxious or agitated, yeah. you know, uncomfortable. Ed- edgy. Yeah, like bitchy. Yeah. I feel <laughs> that's me yeah. when, I, when I don't have my alone time. I'm like a tiny irritated nerve. Yeah, no, totally. I only realized this as I got older because when I was younger, I would be just be, be, be with my friends all the time. And then I just realized that after two or three days, I'd begin to lose who I am and just be angry yes. and frustrated. And I didn't understand it totally. as a child. But now I'm like, so oh, all I needed know. was just a day by myself. <laughs> right. And, and it's so, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I think that's kind of like the beginning of a lot of why people go out and look for things outside of themselves is because they get absorbed into whatever it is that they're doing and you can lose yourself in that and I remember feeling that way so many times even in high school where you know it would be summer summer break and I would be spending time with my girlfriends for like five days at a time you'd hang out at someone's house you know Mm. and and I'd be like gosh I don't even like what we're doing why am I why am I even still here like this isn't what I think is fun if they're talking this mean about these girls when they're not here, are they doing this about me when I'm not here? And so I think I developed a lot of that um, kind of to myself behavior from that, from that kind of feeling of being in high school and kind of being on the in, but being on the out and feeling like always a little weird. (laughs) I don't know if you can relate. No, I think it feels weird at the time, but in in re- in reality, all you wanted was authenticity, though. You know, like exactly. you felt that those those I, girls weren't being real or they were fake, and so that's why you sort of preferred you preferred your own company over bad company. And I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. I think it's just as as when we're younger, we think, why am I so weird? But as you get older, you realize no. actually, I was ahead of my times. I guess you're right. That's true. It's like it's you just kind of have to figure that out about yourself. It's just that oh. It's okay to be, to have different opinions. It's okay to think differently and to to want other things, and that doesn't make you excluded. I think that was the that was like the hard lesson of high school that I carried on <laughs> into my <laughs> early twenties, and then I was so scared of 
like having girlfriends and and being um with girls because I just didn't trust them and like part of, and and that was another layer of you know anxiety even going into Nexium was who who can I trust what types of people am I going to let into my life and you know that's a whole other story <laughs> Yeah, no, you sound very poor decisions. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But you do sound very introspective, though, like somebody who, you know, looks for answers deep within themselves. And I I think we live in a society that not not most people aren't like that, where they look, you know, Mm -hmm. for answers within themselves. They just sort of go with the flow, don't really question things, don't necessarily search for for that. (laughs) (laughs) They don't, people don't search for authenticity. And I think that's why sometimes those that do Mm -hmm. can feel a little bit outcast at times alone yeah yeah I I totally get that I can relate as well um it's true it was always like I I was always friends with my teachers to be honest like those were the people I really clicked with even in high school it was kind of like oh they get me or you know your film teacher or your English teacher because I was just always thinking about things yeah to to a fault (laughs) (laughs) that's good though i mean that's i mean if you i'm i'm a totally i'm a total autobiography freak and i like read Mm. so many but one thing i've noticed amongst many geniuses that they question a lot like i'm currently going through a lot of leonardo da vinci stuff and he would Mm. question everything um so i think it's a a genius trait so you're a genius well done (laughs) oh wow wow well thank you i i did write a book i don't think it qualifies as genius but i thought i think it's pretty good it was it was very honest and so i I put that out uh last year actually on the day of keith ranieri's sentencing so that was an extra fu that was a bonus for me Um, what's the title of the book it's it's called still learning and it's exclusively with audible at the moment yeah and it's such a shame that it's not out in the UK. Do you know when it will be? I know. I'm trying. And I, I can actually, I'll, I'll say this online, but I'll send you a secret code <laughs> that can give it to you, that can give it to you as a gift um, in, in a foreign computer. I, I asked for a couple of those because I actually had to give it to my grandmother. It was impossible to get it to her in Serbia. But I'll, yeah. I'll write myself a note to make sure to send it to you. Um, Lovely. Can't wait have for that. Audible. I do. I'm again audible. I'm an addict. I've like got most of my badges. <laughs> I'm super oh, geeky. Good. I'm like, yeah. Um, but um, talking about your childhood again, um, you your mum is a sort of a legend, isn't she? I mean, she's got her own reputation. She did. Was it Dynasty? Was the show called? Yeah, that was it. So, what was it like having a, a famous mum? Essentially, you know, what was that like? I mean, growing up, how did you feel about it? Well, it's mixed because, you know, it's primarily your mom. Before she's your famous mom, she's your mom mom. And so there's that. And I I think I felt like a lot of the a lot of my childhood was just her and me, like a team. And I didn't have my dad around in the beginning of my childhood. He he came into my life a little later on. And and I always admired my mom and I really looked up to her and she was in my eyes, like the most beautiful, the most elegant, the, the like perfect in, in my little kid eyes. And I, you know, we would go out and she would take me to movie premieres or on set and that all of that was really glamorous, but it was also something that from a young age I realized was not as glamorous as people perceive because 
there are so many times where you're sitting around waiting in a trailer for hours at a time to be called on set and you're freezing cold, but you're pretending that it's summer and it's, you know, not that glamorous and not that comfortable. And, and I saw that side of it too. And so it kind of debunked a lot of the illusion of it for me. And that's partly why I think I'm, I'm not an actress Mm. Um, because I saw the other side of it and it didn't feel fulfilling enough for me personally, um, for what it was worth. And, and also being at the whim of somebody else's decision, uh, to either hire you wasn't that interesting to me either. See, that's, that's very interesting that you got to see how it really is firsthand because most kids dream of being famous, except they don't have any idea of what real fame is. Would you say that in that in that case, because you saw what fame really was, it kind of wasn't something you necessarily chased from an early age? I think, yeah, I think you're spot on because part of it was less about chasing the fame and more about what was going to be a sustainable career. And I just mm-hmm. didn't see it as something that was sustainable for me. I'm not saying that that's not the case for other people because I have plenty of people in my life who are actors and they're able to make a career of it and they really enjoy it. But I think for me, I was more interested in having longevity and being able to be in control of that, not having an expiration date. Because as a woman, I think so often, you know, you, you hit a certain age or you look, you start to look different and then you're just not valuable anymore. And I was like, that is not the industry for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a lot like the uh, fashion industry as well. Now you've obviously mm-hmm. got some links to the fashion industry with your auntie, who's I believe is a fashion designer and your granddad was a dress manufacturer. Yes. Howard, one, my grandpa, Howard Oxenberg was a dressmaker and he grew up in Brooklyn. He was Jewish um, by his parent, I mean, his parents came over from Germany and I think, believe from Russia, but that's kind of an ambiguous part of my family lineage because he was very afraid of being Jewish at that time, uh, in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And, super scary and time. so, yeah, super scary time. And so he kind of wanted to distance himself from that. And he, was really obsessed with being like a wasp. <laughs> Strangely enough, like, you know, like really, you know, skiing on the weekends and Zurich and going to the Hamptons. And like, that was the vision of the ideal American <laughs> life that my grandfather had for himself. And being a young boy and growing up in Brooklyn, he aspired to have that. And he ended up meeting my grandmother, um, Princess Elizabeth. And they got married and they had my mom and um, my mom's sister, Christina, who is also in the fashion industry. And so I feel like I've always kind of been surrounded by people who took a lot of risks <laughs> yeah. and, and, and did things unconventionally. And I think a lot of that actually stems from my grandparents. Yeah. I mean, was, was fashion, considering, you know, the, the links that you've got, was it something that you ever considered in any way? Like, you know, maybe kind modeling of. or designing? I, I did a little tiny bit of modeling when I was in my early 20s, and that was 
fun. I actually really enjoyed it. And I did like lifestyle shoots, you know, where you're the girl in the Speedos ad who runs in and out of the water a thousand times in a swimsuit. <laughs> like Those were the types of shoots that I did. And, and they were a blast because I just felt like I was doing grown up dress up and getting paid. Yeah. And, and at, at that time, it was I was being paid a lot of money for like a 19, 20 year old. So I thought that was awesome. Um, I never thought about designing because I'm not very good at drawing. So that wasn't an option for me. But I am uh, into just like aesthetics and design. And I, I like to make my space very pretty. And I care about the, the way things look. Um, yeah. And especially in my space. And, and actually with my food, too. I like to create with food. You're an artist. I think a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a, I think I look at things like artistically because I also love poetry and music. And so I, I think I like to surround myself with beautiful things. Yeah, that's nice. So you're into like theatre and the arts and opera? I am. Yeah, I am. I, I, don't do, I don't listen or watch as much as I used to, but that was a part of my life when I was younger. I had... Um, some like a, a few godparents who are really into that and so she would take me to the opera and to the theater yeah nice did you not want to take the modeling up further when you did a little yeah. bit of it you know I think I was all over the place emotionally at that time in my life and I think I didn't know how to handle the the pressure or yeah just the professionalism of it and so I, I didn't take it seriously as a career. And I um, I think if I had, I could have, oh, sorry. I think if I had, I would have been able to maybe do it a little longer, but I didn't appreciate it. You know what I mean? I didn't appreciate the opportunities that I was getting. So I was like, oh, this is a bother. I have to, you know show up and exercise and uh, it was like 22 you have to show up. Oh. yeah you know like like I, I I just I was feeling like it, it didn't have enough meaning for me I was judging it a lot like I, I was really backwards about the whole thing to be honest I was immature no I, I actually don't blame you because I remember when I first you know what I mean yeah, when I first got into it, I did not respect the art form. I, I just thought, again, you just get in front of a camera, there's no art to it. Right, I, that's I got, what I mean. I didn't respect it. Yeah, I can totally get that. But it's, it's once you fully involve yourself into it and you, you sort of get into it further, you do see the beauty of it, the art of it, you know, um, the social messaging of it. So, yeah, I think when you're younger, though, I think definitely when I was 18, I had no respect for the industry at all. And I just saw it as a cash cow, essentially, then. Yeah. Is that when you started? Were you were you a teenager? Uh, I was on and off with it. Um, then I was I went to drama school and I was actually interested in being an actor. But then fashion came along before I could fully give myself to acting, which I think in a way I'm kind of grateful for because I had already made career as soon as I graduated. Whereas, but no, I, I have to admit I totally get that though. I totally understand why you would, um, why you would see the fashion industry the way you saw it at the time. Um, Going back to the the beautiful lineage that you have, the royal mm -hmm. lineage is just so cool. I mean, I'm it's surprised. Wild. Like, I've seen a few of the the TV appearances you've done. I'm surprised more people haven't sort of gone into it further because I'm so I was always so interested to hear more about that. And I actually know other people that are probably more than interested as well because you could yeah. be many things. You could be many things in life, but you can't you can't become a royal. You either are, or you aren't, and very few people are. 
Yeah, it's a wild background. <laughs> yes. So do you want to talk us through your background? So what is your royal linkage, lineage? Okay, so my, my link in a nutshell is that my grandmother is an HRH. Her, her, she's a Her Royal Highness Princess Elizabeth of Yugoslavia. Uh, Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. It's now a bunch of other countries put together but um serbia montenegro croatia all of that was at one point uh former yugoslavia and my grandmother had to leave her country when she was i believe three or four years old um because of the nazi invasion in eastern europe and so from there she didn't return into to that part of the world and Till the early 2000s and she lived in New York she lived in Paris she lived in Kenya and South Africa all over in in exile more or less uh, and then communism took over um, during the 90s for for a good amount of time and that really was a devastating time for her country because not only did uh, it just get totally ruined by war but she also lost a lot of her family possessions and property to the communist regime. So there's a lot of history there. I think uh, for me, I've always like kind of felt a little shy about the royal connection because of people's judgments and like what I thought they would think that I was if I said that, like, oh, yes, my grandma was a princess. Uh, I don't want to hang out with that girl. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I It wasn't something that made me feel cool. It was something that made me feel sort of like weird. And, and so I think now as I'm older, I'm embracing it and I'm embracing the history of it and just like the complexity and of my family, my family's life, especially my grandmother's, um, who I just really admire a lot. Yeah. So I, I just don't talk about it that much, I guess. You're, you're one of the only people that has really asked me much about that. People love royalty. I mean, you're obviously linked to the British royal family and obviously they've had a tragedy recently with Prince Philip passing away and the whole country's yes. in mourning. And it just highlights, again, just how, how not obsessed is probably the wrong word, how invested the, the public are with um, royalty. So it's definitely... Um, you know, very fascinating for people. Maybe people aren't as open about it and probably not so much in the States. Not so much right now and definitely not in the States at this time. Yeah. There's a big political divide. I mean, I just keep that stuff to myself generally. I feel like my my political opinions are for me only. Who cares? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Why would anybody else care, to be honest? Because it's just me and my little tiny house with my cats, rice and beans and Patrick. And what I have to say about politics is sort of nonsense in the grand scheme of things. But I I think right now in the U.S. there is a big divide and there isn't a ton of support for the royal family here. But I do think people are more quiet about their opinions. Yeah. I think so as well. I think people just can't be bothered with the debates anymore. <laughs> the political debates. They're just draining, yeah, it's aren't too they? Much. It's like life's, it, it's more to life. Crazy. There is more to life. And and that's the thing that I've and we were talking about this before we started recording, but my road trip that I just went on was really eye opening for me because it did show me that there was so much more to life than just living in a city and you know, being surrounded by people and their fears and 
the kind of controls that that we have in cities because these rural towns are unaffected by that and they live really happily and really simply and that was nice to see yeah i think sometimes rural towns get overlooked especially by us city snobs (laughs) totally Um, so snobby they have a really nice way of life i feel yeah it's more um prioritizing the quality of life i think um and the little the little things and like for instance one of the places that we stopped was in um, this tiny town called in Lexington, Texas, where we stood in line for five hours to eat barbecue from this woman named Tootsie at this barbecue place called Snows that I had watched on the Netflix series of uh, Chef's Table about barbecue. And I'm a barbecue fanatic. And so we designed our road trip so that we could stop at some of these barbecue places and it was so enjoyable to just be able to stand around for five hours and talk to people from all over the world all walks of life just here in this you know nowhere town to eat barbecue and to be with each other and it just really reassured me that that there is still a lot of goodness and community and like lightheartedness because these last this last year specifically has just felt so heavy for most of the world long story but it was just really helpful to get out of my comfort zone what you're doing though is you're living your life and you're seeing you know like you mentioned like sometimes it feels a bit too much and the world's gone crazy but that's that's a lot of social media as well that makes us feel that way but when you actually get out there and you're meeting real humans like you did especially people from different parts of the country and world you just realize that you know what it's not so bad it's actually not that bad exactly it's not that bad and I think it's all doom and gloom and it's easy to look at the world like that from behind your computer screen but if you get outside in the real world, you'll see that people are just living their lives and that it's not as complicated as it might feel um, when you're isolated from people. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of us just fall into the trap of going on what we see in the news and social media and algorithms really affect things. So like if you watch one video about political rubbish you you get into 10 videos of that in your suggestions and you just end up consuming toxic information Um, trust me the the amount of food that i research on a daily basis like what restaurants i want to eat at or what recipes (laughs) i want to make my food must my my phone thinks that i'm like you know a private chef or something and so it's sending me (laughs) new things to buy i'm like why are you listening to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah trust me i I know what you mean i love that though i love looking at food but the problem is is that i then get cravings that i shouldn't be having at the wrong times and it hurts I know, I know. That's that's one of the, the drawbacks of social media. The withdrawals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's good and bad, isn't it? Um, yeah. Talking about the, the royal stuff, um, when when you... There's obviously a lot of customs involved with being in royalty. And one of the things I came across, which I'd never heard of before, but it sounds super interesting, being introduced to society or presented to society. Oh, what, yes. what, what was that? What was that? That was a debutante ball. And I did that in Paris at the Crayon. And that was when I was 17 years old. So it must have been 2008 or something like that, somewhere around that. And it was a a three-day weekend. 
where they presented you to society. And I think the uh, proceeds from that event went to leukemia research or some um, something like that. I, it was a long time ago, but um, it was funny. I did it because I couldn't really pass down that, that opportunity. <laughs> it no, was like, when, when are you going to get offered the chance to, um, you know, do that again in Paris? So yeah. I said yes. And I just remember thinking like it was, kind of, I, I once again felt totally out of place. And I was like the American until I was led into a, a table of other British girls. Once they found out that I was cousin to one of the other British girls, they're like, oh, you can come sit with us. And I was like, what? <laughs> you didn't let me sit here before, but now that I'm Victoria's cousin, you're going to let me sit here? That's rubbish. And, <laughs> and the truth was I was just feeling extra shy, and I thought that they were much cooler than I was. But uh, I did end up becoming friends with a lot of those girls. That, and I, I still have been able to stay in touch with some of them. And I've met some of them at other, in other places in the world or, you know, here in L.A. when they've been in town. So it was kind of a cool way to meet a lot of uh, women my age who I might not have been able to meet otherwise. Yeah, I can imagine that being super cool. Uh, so what the ceremony what what exactly happens? So you, do you have to do anything? No, or? no, you walk and you wear, you know, couture and you you wear jewel, jewels and things like that that you borrow and you take pictures from magazines and you have a dinner with foie gras and like super fancy food and <laughs> it's all very French and very beautiful and, you know, precise yeah. and perfect and, you know, very, very... French. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it sounds amazing, and like yeah. you said, it's not about if when are you going to get that chance. It's who's going to get that chance because you have to be born right. in the right place. Well, so. but but they had girls from all kinds of backgrounds, so it wasn't just royalty. They had uh, like my year, for instance. Um, one of Bruce Willis's daughters was there. Lily Collins was there. Billy Lord was there. So now like famous actresses and they were there when they were you know 17 18 years old and i remember them and it was just it's so oh. funny to see how is, is where it, everyone is now is it more about wealth than to have this no, sort I think of it's, privilege I think, no because the, it, it wasn't about um wealth it was about like society and and influence and status because some people's uh, parents were in politics. Some people's parents worked for the UN. Like it wasn't just it wasn't right. just about um, uh, like fame or things like yeah. that. Yeah, status sort of related kind of thing. Yeah. You know what was? I tell you one thing that was really funny in the. I don't know whether it was in Seduced or the other show, but there was a moment where your mum's in the car, and she's. I think your grandma's there as well. And your mum's telling her to call Charles. And there's the mm -hmm. video guy is like, who's Charles? You know, as if just some random Charles guy. Right, It's right. Prince Charles. <laughs> Which I thought, I thought was just so cool. Like, how cool is yeah. that? Like, you can just casually make a call to Prince Charles or William Because that's my grandma's second cousin. <laughs> so Prince Charles is your uncle then, essentially. Well, I mean, that's stretch, I think. But a second cousin to my second cousin to my grandma is more specific. I don't know what that makes me, you know, a great old cousin. <laughs> but I'm not quite sure. So would you be would you be allowed into to the Buckingham Palace? I don't know. I might need to call to give my grandma a heads up and see if she can hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, that's so cool that you can even possibly do that. Just the possibility of it is just... Yeah, I I mean, I've never even really asked. Maybe you've planted a seed now. Yeah, I'm surprised the seed has not been there already. I know. What a, what a dingbat I am. <laughs> what are you doing am. with I your life? I should have done this years ago. What was I thinking? Oh, I, I just, it's just so cool. I mean, there was even... You were, when you were younger, I think it was, you were part of a reality TV show, right? I mean, I Married uh-huh. a Princess. Yep. So royal title there i mean how was that what 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 role did you have in there i mean obviously it wasn't a role, role i played but... myself yeah exactly I... but i mean like what sort of happened what was it about i mean I, it was really about our family and like the silly things that we were doing and having an unconventional uh family di- dynamic so it was kind of just that they just recorded us for a year i was 13 i think at the time my siblings were younger and it was on Lifetime and it was just weird. And I, I felt super shy because I was a teenager and I would have to go to school and then people would be like, I watched your family on TV and I would be just horrified and <laughs> totally feeling totally exposed. I did not feel cool. Like, yeah, I'm on a television show. <laughs> it wasn't that at all for me. I felt really exposed. And so I was very happy when that was over. And it was actually the first couple of times um, in my life that I had been recognized from that TV show. So I remember we were out and about and someone was like, oh, are you Indy Oxenberg? I think I was like 14 at the time. I almost dropped dead. But I, uh, it, it, so it did give me a little bit of exposure, but then it kind of just died, which was, I was happy about. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, it sounds like a classier version of Keeping Up with the Kardashians before yeah, its time. Well, you know, it was before Kardashians. And, and at the time, the, the family competition was the Osbournes. So I remember even back when they were kind of pitching the show to Lifetime. I don't know who pitched it, but I remember being around the dinner table and hearing those types of conversations. They'd say it was the sanitized version of the Osbournes. So I do remember that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. It was on. Was it on MTV or something? There were some really like yeah. cool shows back then, like Jessica Simpson. One I used to watch. I don't know why, but I did. Yeah, I remember that <laughs> when she started that whole tuna chicken tuna thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, memories, nostalgia, right there. Yeah. Right. Um. So, by the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like you'd ever consider reality TV again. Would you? Would you say no. something about the show? No. I'm no. not into reality television. I think it's so difficult to just have to uh, like manufacture reality is is hard. Yeah. And and a lot of those reality shows they're just they're scripted because they have to be organized that way to shoot them. So mm-hmm. that's not that's not the kind of show for me. I I prefer documentary over that. Yeah. You have to work least, really hard at you, being yeah. yourself pretending to be yeah. yourself <laughs> pretending to be yourself is almost like acting in my opinion but it, being it yourself is. in a in a documentary is you just being you you might have to say something once or twice to make it clear but you're not yeah. you're not being a caricature of yourself and that brings us to the end of episode 14 and what an episode how insightful was India? I mean, her story is incredible. You know, living the life India's lived, her experiences, 
They're stories that you don't hear often because how many people from the royal family have you heard talk about their experiences? Uh, the ceremonies, the customs, the rituals, um, and just life. Just how, how is life? And, you know, it's, um, it's all very fascinating. So, yeah, I, I'm sure you guys have all learnt something new uh, along the way today. And, um, yeah, you've heard about a lot of the good stuff today. You've heard a, a lot about the positives of India's life and the journey that she was on which was wonderful and beautiful and yeah you know you kind of just think well all she did was sail into the sunset and just carried on living a great life but sadly for India that wasn't the case and that is what episode 15 is going to be all about because India's life took a turn and the turn sadly was not for the better and all this glamorous lifestyle that India was living this this peaceful vibe and you know her life going in the direction it was all turned upside down due to the events that occurred in india's life shortly after so you're going to hear all about that in episode 15 so you don't want to miss that so make sure you tune in okay so that's all for today guys i hope you've enjoyed this podcast and until next time goodbye Au revoir. Ciao.